Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Start with this. Father God, we want to thank and exhort your name. We glorify you again for your word, which is light and spirit. And we've come to receive instruction from your presence. We demand, therefore, for revelation, insight, O oh God, that will cause us, mighty and everlasting Father, to not only appreciate what you're sharing, but to have life from that which you are sharing with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, first thing we want to start this series, like I said, we're calling this called according to his purpose. Called according to his purpose. Um, I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm about to say. Like I said, it's a new series that we want to start. And our text is going to be from Romans chapter 8, verse number 28. Romans 8 verse 28 But we can go back a little bit To read from perhaps um, let's, let's go back and read from verse 26 Let me see Now I need King James There's a reason why I want that King James please Praise the Lord Not new King James Old King James if you want Thank you Likewise the spirit also helped our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit itself make it intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered and this is also uh, very crucial I think I'm going to have time to teach you on this on praying in the spirit is very important and the Bible is saying there are certain things that when you pray in the spirit you don't even know what you're praying about But the Holy Spirit takes your words Because sometimes you'll be so weak to be able to pray right But the Holy Spirit takes what you are praying for It's like an intercessor and presented before the Lord Amen Hallelujah Okay, so verse 27 And it says And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit because he make an intercession for the saint according to the will of God. So now, when you pray in tongues, personal edification or whatever the case may be, the Holy Spirit helps you. Uh, there are, it's like saying there are some things you want which you do not know how to talk about in the course of your prayers. But the Holy Spirit takes up this. He knows the mind of God. He knows your mind and he communicates the same to God. And then you get result for even the things that you don't seemingly uh, be praying for. That's what the Bible talks about. He will do exceedingly above what you ask or think. You know, the things that you don't even ask for, he presents them before the Father as you pray in the Spirit. We're going to find time to teach on praying in the Spirit fully. And I'll go to verse 28. Verse 28 says, And we know that all things, now you're going to see the connection. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. What we're dealing with is according to his purpose. What is that supposed to mean? Now, ordinarily, when we look at this, we 
what we always believe that to be maybe is the purpose for which he called you. Yeah, but it's okay. There is nothing wrong with that. It could be the purpose for which he called you. For instance, uh, we know, I mean, touch that. Uh, you know, the two children that were in, in, the, in, in, the, in the womb of Rebecca, the heir that have to serve, that's Israel and Jacob. There was a purpose there, yes, we know that, but that is not what this place is talking about in the true sense. Hallelujah. Now, the word purpose is protesis. Protesis, P O, I mean, P R O T H E S I S, protesis. And it talks about a certain fault. A proposal which is intentional but especially the showbread in the temple as exposed before God the showbread in the temple as exposed before God when you look at the temple before the most holy place you have the table of showbread can I get a picture on the, on, the, on the board, please? You have that which is called the showbread. And on the other side, you have what you call the seven golden candlesticks. So, but when you look at the showbread, you'll be able to see that is what this particular passage is talking about. Can you see the picture there? That is supposed to be the showbread. And the showbread they are 12 in number and that's also very important for us to note they are 12 in number each of those six layers they are round each of those six bread put together there represent the 12 tribe of Israel so you have six on this side six on that side you know that's the way the showbread was they are like cakes you know so that's the way it was and then you place them before the most holy place they are in the holy place and it's very important that is the word purpose so when he say according to his purpose not necessarily in terms of the designs that he has for you that is not just what he's talking about it's much more beyond that he's dealing with the issue of the showbread and right the showbread we're going to be describing that so I you know, flip it up again. But you see, ordinarily, like when you read in the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 21, uh, what you find there is there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. That is to say, the purpose of God is what stands. That that is not just what we're talking about in terms of purpose here now. Like I'm saying, here we are dealing with the issue. Of the showbread that was in the most holy place so what we're going to discover is what is the showbread and why is God calling us according to the showbread oh come on now are you following what I'm saying here I see all things work together for good to those who are called according to his showbread what then is the showbread okay Again, look at the book of 2 Timothy 1, verse number 9. 2 Timothy 1, verse number 9. The same word is used there. 
who had saved us and called us with an holy calling not according to our works but according to his own showbread <laughs> and grace which was given us in Christ before the foundation of the world so God's intention is that we partake of the showbread that is his purpose are you getting what I'm trying to say here good look at it again who has saved us and called us with unholy calling remember what we read in Romans chapter 8 all things work together for good to whom God has called is that okay so here he said who had called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own word purpose and that is what showbread and grace which was given us in who in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world the word purpose again is the same thing as showbread as you find in the temple it is the same thing hallelujah now let's begin to see if we're gonna get some definition from this but first of all in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 2 this is what it says Hebrew 9 verse number 2 but there was a tabernacle made the first wherein was the candlesticks and the table and what the showbread which is called the sanctuary now the showbread is not found in the outer court when you talk about the first tabernacle he's talking about the holy place then the most holy place so scripture does not actually recognize the outer court now for you to become a, a showbreader if i want to say that is that you must move from the outer court to the most i mean to the holy place even if you have to partake of the showbread you must have left the outer court as a christian to the holy place it's not enough to be saved god intended to be saved and to partake of the showbread did you get that uh, let me let me get that back to you again so you see that from again second timothy 1 verse 9 go back to second timothy 1 verse 9 so that you get a connection who has called um, who has saved us not that it's going to save us we have been saved is that okay are we there who has saved us and called us all past sense not according to our works but according to his own purpose which is what the showbread and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. That means the showbread is given to us. That is to say, we have, how do I put this now? God's intention is to bring us to the place where we can partake of the showbread after being called and being saved. Did you get that? Good. Who has called us according to his purpose? Now, 
go back again to that Romans chapter 8 now, verse 28. And they begin to see the connection. Romans 8, 28 again. Praise the Lord. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his showbread purpose now the design of those who have been called is to move in for mystical timothy said we've been called we've been saved all things are working now if you read from the top you begin to see your intercession is bringing you into the holy place to partake of the showbread what is the showbread you're going to find it later it speaks about the life of god in christ jesus that you don't find in the outer court so again hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 i mean verse 2 for there was a tabernacle made the first wherein was a candlestick and the table and the showbread which is called the sanctuary that is the middle court not the holy place not the outer court but the middle court and that middle court is where you have the purpose of God which is what the showbread now those who have been called and saved from the outer court like you partaking of Passover you've come in now to Pentecost and you begin to see why your tongue is connected to the showbread on the outer court you don't speak in tongues there that is not where the Holy Spirit comes in because you find that there are three feasts in Israel the feast of Passover, the feast of Pentecost, the feast of Tabernacle. You find that in Deuteronomy 16, verse 16. The outer court is the Passover. That's where the animals are slaughtered and killed. The scripture does not recognize that passage. Are you still there with me? Now, when the priest finished slaughtering the lamb in the outer court, he moves in to the holy place and then to the most holy place. Okay, let's have the picture again so that you see what I'm talking about here. Now, when you look at that, maybe as we just move on. Now, now, in Exodus 25 and verse 30, the word says, And thou shalt set upon the table showbread before me always. Definition. Showbread before me. Like I said, this is made up of 12 unliving loaves. When you use the word unliving, that means there is no living in it. There are 12. Said traditionally to be laid in pies of six each. Like you can see there. Six of them. The word showbread, penny literally stands for the bread of faces. The bread of faces. And that's very important. <laughs> Glory to God. It is called the bread of faces because they were played before the presence of the face of God in the sanctuary. Or because they were made square as the Jews would want to have it. But you see, if you understand something, help me Lord. The Bible made us understand that we find God even in the face of Christ. 
Are you there with me? And you for, don't forget, the Bible made us understand that Christ is the bread of life. So if this is the bread of faces, it simply means the intention is that through your face, God can be seen. Because you partake of this bread. The bread of faces. That's the meaning of showbread. Are you getting that? The bread of faces, as the Lord, they were actually set, like I said, before the face of the Lord. And we are made to understand the priest did eat of this bread. The bread of his presence or the bread of faces, because the bread was to be set continually before the face of God. And that's another thing that's very important. And this is where you see scripture says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. God intends you to continuously be where? In his presence. The bread of faces. Hallelujah. You see, when you actually check the word Adam, it's come from that which is like to show blood in the face. And the blood that is shown in the face actually speaks about the life of God. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. So before the fall, Adam was to reveal God. To show blood in the face. And now we're talking about the bread of faces. Hallelujah. And don't forget what we're dealing with. To them whom he called. All things work together for their good. According to his purpose. What is that? To show bread on the face or the bread of faces. Meaning, you are not only going to be continuously in the presence of God, but that you also reveal God in your face. Hallelujah. In thy presence, there is fullness of joy. So these loaves or cakes were twelve, like I said, representing, as it generally supposed, the twelve tribe of Israel. Now you've got to understand something. You know what the priest does? If the priest is going into the most holy place, he will have these twelve names of the children of Israel written on his chest. So anytime he appears before God, God sees the children of Israel. And that is intercessory prayers, as it were. Are you following what I'm talking about? Good. It's interceding for them. If he's presenting the blood before God, the names are written on his chest. So he goes in there, and God is seeing the priest, but seeing the very people there. Which are the children of Israel. So this 12 law represent the 12 tribe of Israel before God continually. You see, you begin to understand when David will say, Where will I hide from thy presence? There is nowhere you are supposed to be hiding from God. 
He wants to behold you all the time. Praise the living God. That is the purpose we're talking about. To be in his presence. To reveal his glory. It's for those who are called according to his purpose. So 2 Timothy tells us precisely. That those of us who have been saved who have been called. Not because of what we've done. Not because of anything. But according to his purpose. What's the purpose? That we may reveal his presence before men. And his grace. In who? In Christ. Hallelujah. So like I said, as you can see there, there were two rows of six each, one on top of each other, and they were golden dish with frankincense. If you look at the corner there, you see two golden dishes with frankincense which were born before the Lord as a memorial. At the end of the week when the old laws were to be removed because these laws were to be changed every weekend. Is that okay? Right. Every weekend which is the Sabbath, when they come in for worship as the case may be, they have to change this law and put fresh ones. And only the priest has access to these laws. And that's what you're going to see. So that when we progress into the study, you find that somebody like David ate this bread. When even though he was not a priest. But what God was revealing was that he wants to bring forth a generation of the priesthood of Melchizedek. Who is qualified to not only eat, but to reveal the face of God. Are you following this? Is it too deep for you? No. That is the purpose. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? You know, when we look at that, you just read according to purpose. Purpose is well, what do you want to do? What God wants you to do? Purpose, you know. No, 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 no. It's much more beyond that. It's not just about what you want to achieve, it's not just about intentions. It's about the showbread, the face. Of God that you're always in his presence praise the Lord so lady priest is qualified to either and if I'm have to be the gun that tells you that when the Bible tells you that you already watched a royal priesthood what is supposed to mean it means you're already partaking of what the showbread hallelujah this were replaced like I said every weekend by a fresh one and the priest take this home to eat so it was the bread for the priests <laughs> glory to god are you seeing here with me glory it was the bread for the priest and there is something very important that as i was studying this i don't begin to make me see that this is actually talking about the manifestation of the sons of god when you begin to partake of this bread you become in one with god in all of his glory and then you understand what we read from verse 26 to 27 about the Holy Spirit interceding as the manifested sons of God. You becoming an intercessor as a high priest. Why? Because you are partaking well of the showbread. Can you get a connection? Hallelujah. So here, like I said, the priest taking this, the former one, you take them home for his domestic use. 
And then it was sprinkled with the frankincense for those two cups you see there to produce an aroma. I remember one day, how many of you remember when Jesus came to life? He got three gifts. What were the gifts? Gold, frankincense, and more. Okay. That tells you that. It's something that belongs to the priest. So here they were sprinkling this. It produces that aroma. More or less, sometimes you look at that it was also signifying death of Christ and that which will purify him. I mean, just like the sprinkling of the spike marks. Praise the Lord. So like I said, on the Sabbath, the bread was taken away. A new bread put in its place. Now the frankincense that was on it was born as an oblation to God and the bread was eaten by the priest. You can find that in Leviticus 24, verse 5 to 9. Leviticus 24, verse 5 to 9. When they change the bread every weekend, the priests take the bread home. But the important thing is, God was not intended that this bread would ever be taken away from there. That is to say, there must always be the show bread in the temple continually. So Leviticus 24, from verse 5, it says, And thou shalt take fine flour and take and bake. Twelve cakes thereof, two ten deals shall be in one cake. Go ahead, very quickly. And thou shalt set them in two rows, six on a roll, upon the pure table before the Lord. And thou shalt put pure frankincense upon each roll, that he may be on the bread for a memorial. Even an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Every Sabbath he shall set in order before the Lord continually, being taken from the children of Israel by everlasting covenant. Now, if you understand what everlasting covenant stands for, it's really dealing with Christ Himself. Is that okay? Because you find that. When God talked about everlasting covenant relation to not destroying the earth with water, you remember? He gave us the rainbow. Good. So anytime the Lord looks at the rainbow, his mind is I will no longer destroy the earth anymore. Praise the Lord. So this bread was designed to be a symbol of the full and never failing provision which is made in the church. For the spiritual sustenance and refreshment of God's people. And as we progress, I make you see that's what the scripture talks about you having the supply of the Spirit of Christ. In the book of Philippians. Is that okay? That you may have the supply of the Spirit of Christ. Meaning you are ever, not only in this present, but always receiving the supply. In your daily living, there have to be a continuous supply of the Spirit of Christ. That is why it's everlasting covenant. Amen? Now the table of showbread in Israel's worship pointed forward to the forthcoming Messiah and its fulfillment of the covenant. But as a showbread, when we do what you do, Holy Communion, have you, you know what Holy Communion, right? This is what most people picked up from 
in relation to the Holy Communion. So when you do this Holy Communion from this perspective, you know, in Israel when they worship, now one thing is important. When you see this bread, the Bible tells you that they were all living bread. That means there was no living in them. Is that okay? That means there were no yeast. That means they were not like your normal bread that you eat. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Because the bread that you eat, you add yeast to it to make it rise. Which is pride, which is flesh, which is sin. But this one does not contain yeast. So it doesn't rise. Are you, are you still following that? And so, the very wine that they were using for Holy Communion was not fermented wine. That is what people don't understand. The wine of the table of communion was directly from the grape juice. The vine. They got to the vine, got the grapes, and then they squeeze them into cups. That is why you read David speaking and then go to Acts chapter 2. They said his body never saw corruption. But the wine that were being used, like I'm saying, was not kept overnight, so there was no fermentation. But the wine we use today is already fermented. Meaning we are partaking of a corrupted body. But the Bible says his body did not see corruption. Are you following that? Any wine you're using today has already gone through fermentation. That means there's a little bit of alcohol. You know, if you keep your juice overnight, just you understand that the next day fermentation it becomes harsh. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Good. That's fermentation. And that's why the Bible says his body did not see corruption. So if you said this is the bread, this is the loaf, huh? And all of these things are already corrupted. What are you really doing? <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody said, but are you saying we should not do Holy Communion? I'm not saying that. Do as much as you can. But don't always forget this. It's remembrance. Like I'm trying to say here. The table of showbread in Israel's worship pointed forward to the forthcoming Messiah. And his fulfillment of the covenant. That the practice of communion today, worship, points backward in remembrance of Christ's victory over death. I'm not against you remembering that. We got to understand it. The communion of the showbread of Israel was pointing towards the coming Messiah. So their worship with kind of communion, they were looking forward to a coming Messiah. Is that okay? Right. But when we do it today, we are doing it backward. We are remembering back his victory over death. I mean, that's the only way it's relevant. Otherwise, in the true sense, you can't remember living Christ. I mean, I died, I rose again, and I live forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, this reminds us that man does not live by bread alone. Anytime you see that, God needs the life of God. So, we must move beyond the natural thing. 
to the life of God. And again, like when Jesus was talking about in the book of Matthew, that kingdom come, give us a daily bread. Remember that? This day what? Our daily bread. He's talk, he talking about the supply of the spirit of Christ. You need a daily supply to be able to walk regularly on the face of the earth. And he speaks about man's continued and unbroken dependence upon God. When you look at the showbread, you're saying man will always depend on God or sustenance. That's what you're talking about. Remember, we are defining purpose. <laughs> are you there with me? That's what we're defining purpose. <laughs> Glory to God. The showbread actually then typifies Christ, the type of Christ, as a corn of wheat. Maybe in the next study I'll begin to see, make you see where it come from. And you begin to see in Israel the time of barley cake and wheat cake. Is that okay? Right. The barley cake and the wheat cake and you begin to see the kind of cake that David ate when he ran to Samuel and then the kind of cake that Saul ate <laughs> glory to God are you still there with me amen okay now taking a look in the book of John chapter 12 and verse 24 the word says verily verily I say unto you Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abided alone. But if it died, it bringeth forth much fruit. The ground, this corn of wheat now is what from where we produce this showbread, which is type of Christ, which is the type of the presence of Christ. So here we talk about the barley, I mean the, the corn of wheat that falls to the ground, and the Bible says if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So the first thing you begin to see there is. The showbread tip by Christ and is gone off with and falling to the ground. The ground he was to fall to is the meal of his suffering. The thing he was going to pass through. Praise the living God. And so you go to John 12 verse 27. Now is my soul troubled. John 12 27. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I into this hour. The pressure of the pain that he was going to pass through overwhelmed him. And like I always mention to you, this is why you find that Moses and Elijah have to appear to him on the Mount of Transfiguration to strengthen him. Because if you look at his statement here, you discover that his soul was in sorrow. Now my soul is troubled because he was describing his cross. He's talking about going to the cross. So the pressure and the weakness. Remember, this is before after he had prayed to the Father for this cause came unto the world. If it is I will, let me bear the cause. I mean the cup. Is that okay? Right. But if it please you take away this cup from me. He has already prayed a prayer before he made this statement. Of my soul now being troubled. 
So it was based on this, seeing exactly what was before him as he gets to Jerusalem, that made the disciples to come and say, Hey brother, you have to go. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Now the ground of the fire of his judgment, you find also in uh, John 12, verse 31 to 33. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, draw all men unto me. This is said signifying what death he should die. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. And I'm, I'm sure I've also explained this to you sometime. I will draw all men to me perfectly. And just like when you go to John 3, he said the same thing. When you say, at Moses was, I mean, lifted up the sepulchre to the wilderness. Is that okay? Right. So shall also the son of man be lifted up. And when the man is lifted up, he draw all men unto him. And I try to explain to you that in the true sense, it's not talking about all men being drawn unto him instantly. Though ultimately that will be. But, you see, if you take it back to what happened in the book of Numbers, what happened was when the serpent was lifted up, Moses told the people, if a serpent bites you, you look on the serpent that is hanging on the tree there, on the cross there. And when you look on that thing, your, the poison of the snake in your life is drawn out. So, when you look unto him, he draws out your sickness. That's what it stands for. He takes away your sin. He takes away the power of the serpent in your life. Hallelujah. And that's why in the King James, when you say, I will draw all men, all men is in italics. Is that okay? That means it was not there in the original. It was pulled there to make sense. Otherwise, what he said, I will draw all. All your diseases, all your sicknesses, all your infirmities, name it. I will take it from you. Just like the serpent was taking the poison of the snake from the people. That's how I'm going to take it from you. I take away your sin, your sicknesses, your poverty. I will draw them all. That's what it means. Hallelujah. Now. This day we as a priest by faith Upon him as having undergone doubt in our stead And for our sake It is med med meditation Our consideration of the Christ That enables us to partake Of this bread He being the corn of wheat I've already fallen to the ground Is that okay? Remember I gave you the background to that story it was Philip and Andrew that came and said, The Greeks want to see you. Who came to the feast? And he now said, If a corn of wheat abide, it remaineth alone, but it falls to the ground and die, bring up what much fruit. So, what he meant to tell them was, It is because I'm still alone. I haven't gone to the cross. That is why you're asking people to come see me. But now I'm going to go to the cross. And when I die, I will multiply myself into you. So if it's a corn of wheat, now we are also corns of wheat. I wish I could get an amen to that. <laughs> no, it's difficult to believe. But that's what we're saying. I'm going to distribute myself to each and every one of you. 
So in the true sense, hallelujah. The face of God, to be in the face of God and to reveal the face of God. In the true sense, what we're saying is that we are to make God known to creation. Men who are looking for God ought to see God in us. Men who want to see how God is should be seen in us. He said, that is far off. No, but watch what Jesus said. If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because the Father is spirit. So he revealed the face of the Father. You can see the Father in his face. Are you listening to me? We're talking about the showbread. Which is the purpose. Oh, come on now. It goes back to why God created man. Let's make man an image after our likeness. Are you getting that? That is the purpose. That is the showbread. So that when men look at you, they should see God. Hallelujah. I gave you a story sometime that I read, I think around the Asian region, in a village. One missionary go there, stayed for a number of years doing mission work, and then he died. This day we don't really have missionaries who wants to go out and die and never go back to their home. All missionaries that left in those days, they didn't go back home. You remember that? Uh, missions today, no, you go, you come back, you want to buy a car, you go. <laughs> missionary, when they go, they go. This final. They say off, bye bye to their own home and whatever. Think about that. Livingstone, all of those who came to Africa, most of them never went back home. These are missionaries. Mary Slessor. Huh? Do we really have missionaries today? <laughs> we want to leave Nigeria, you're not thinking about coming back to Nigeria. That's missionary. Huh? Not just camping in one place and you're thinking about your family, you're going back home, you build a house, and uh, what kind of mission are you really doing? You sold out. Jesus came as a missionary, he didn't go back. The same the way he came. He came and he died buried here. And he produced fruit. Somebody say David you mean. We should become missionary and never come back home. Don't come. <laughs> Glory to God. Wherever you've gone to. It's your field. It's your life. You're sold out. That is what it means to say. The world means nothing to you. You're sold out. Hmm? I love one sister I, I, I was reading She studied I forgot what she read it's, uh, One of these medicals I forgot what she read But Some of you know her Sherry Lewis Good Missionary left All the comfort of the US And came to Cameroon Did some work there Planted work there Did a lot of things He yeah, left Cameroon Right now he's in Kenya She's in Africa We're not talking about Going back home as missionary because when Jesus came he didn't go back home the way he came are you see that with me alright so I want you to get this now this missionary died was buried and then another missionary came to the place and now he was talking about Jesus and the people said no Jesus has been here with us he said, no, but 
said no jesus lived look at he lived there and let's come come let's show you where we buried jesus they never knew any other person they saw jesus in that missionary so to them you can't tell them about another god they are they saw everything they needed to know about god and they contended that's where we buried jesus you come let us show you and the man told them no he was a missionary like me is that okay and so that's what it means here signify what dirty should die he been a corn of wheat he wants to multiply himself in each and every one of us that become the bread for men to eat praise the lord and don't forget the bible said according to the book of leviticus that we read only the priests were eating this bread is that okay right and so first peter 2 verse 9 said but he had a chosen generation a royal priesthood and a holy nation a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light praise the lord how do we then in a way begin to look onto the dimension of becoming partakers of this bread that we also become the showbread and don't forget what i'm saying you don't get into this realm in the outer court is that okay i have explained this to you sometime that you see when the bible says the moon shall not smile thee by night neither the sun smile thee by day and you talk about the arrow that fly by day and the arrow that fly in the night you read that in the book of psalm is that okay now you see it's only in the outer courts that those things can happen because the holy place and the most holy place is covered the sun doesn't touch it there is no natural light in this place you don't find a natural light here so we're talking about you not living with your natural life you come into the place where the life of god becomes your ultimate life revealing his glory continuously you have nothing to do with natural life and that's why the bible say is the light that lightened every man that come into the world not the natural light if you don't move into the dimension the sun can smile day by day the moon the arrows are they all that's why all our prayers about return to sender why because we are always at the outer court but if you move into this dimension you are not thinking about the arrow that flying at night and one afternoon in moon day you are not thinking about that why because you are covered with the badger skin then the gold skin in the holy and the most holy place no natural light comes here always the glory light reflected right in this place and that's a life god intends us to begin to have remember i'm describing those who are called according to what his purpose the purpose is to come into this dimension of life to begin to manifest and reveal the glory of god no natural circumstance is meant to control us because there's no natural light here that's why you go down the book of revelation tells you about the tabernacle he said he has no need of the light for god and christ are the lights thereof 
You remember that? Praise the living God. Okay, go with me to Hebrews chapter number 8. Chapter 12. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, Amplified Translation. I'm probably going to stop here today. I'm sure you're getting simple definition of this. Hebrews 12, verse number 2. Amplified Translation. Looking away <laughs> from all that we distract to Jesus. Who is the leader and the source of our faith? Giving the first incentive for our belief. <laughs> That's why I used to tell people, you can't, you can't think of believing. It's him that makes you to believe. Did you understand this? Okay, before I come back here, go with me to Romans chapter 2. Let's look at verse, um, I think verse 2 or so. We'll come back here. I'm going to show you something. Romans chapter 2, very quickly. But we know that, Romans 2, King James, give me King James. Romans chapter 2. Uh, if need be, I'll just read from verse number 1. Go, to, go back, let me read from verse number 1. Do you, my friend, pass judgment? Okay, therefore that I excuse that, O man, Whosoever thou art that judgeth for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou judgest doest the same thing. Go to verse 2. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to the truth against them which commit such things. Verse 3. Verse 3. Praise the Lord. Romans 2. Come on. Are we there? All right. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them we do such things, and do all the same, that thou shall escape the judgment of God? Go to verse 4. All, listen to this, despised thou the riches of his goodness, and forbearance, and long suffering. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. That means you can't repent without God doing it. Did you get that? The goodness of God leads thee to repentance. That's why even if you are preaching to people, you mind what you say. Because it's not by your own strength that you are saved. Is God goodness that leadeth thee to what? To repentance. So go now to Hebrew chapter 12, verse number 2, again from the Amplified Translation. Know this, O man, that the goodness of God and the mercies of God leadeth thee. Hallelujah. I was reading a book last month, and I love the illustration the man gave. This guy, I'll, I'll call him a Christian mystic. He writes so deeply. You know, I enjoy such books. And somebody walked to his office. And he was looking at him. And he said, you are all welcome. And he said, no, I came alone. He said, no, 
two people followed you in where you came in. How about I can't see anybody? He said, no, look behind you. There is goodness and mercy that follow you all the days of your life. Are you saying what I'm talking about? If you have that consciousness, if you have that conviction that wherever you go, God's goodness and mercy is following you, you have your faith resting in God. Is that okay? You just quote it, but you don't believe it. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, when you go into some area, do you still believe goodness and mercy follow you? That's the point. So anytime you walk in, there is the goodness and mercy of God. And the goodness and mercy of God leadeth thee to repentance. They're guiding you. Praise the Lord. Are you understanding this? Let's read this and then we can shut down for tonight. Hebrews 12 verse number 2 again. Looking away from all that we distract to Jesus who is the leader and the source of our faith. Give him the false incentive for our belief. And it's also his finisher bringing it to maturity and perfection. Praise God. He initiates the faith and is finishing the faith. That's why there is nothing that will make you fail. As you keep looking unto him, he draws you to himself. He's taking you to the finishing line. The constant supply of the Spirit of Christ. Praise the living God. Bringing you to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise the living God. Number three say, Just think of him. I want you to stop there. Just do what? Think of him to meditate. So that in case, even if you have issues, even if you have problems, problem did not stop Jesus from getting to the cross. Distraction, nothing. So just think of him. That's all. The author and the finisher. The one that gave the initial incentive and the one that is bringing it to maturity and perfection. Think of him. And then you begin to partake of what? Of the showbread. Which is the purpose of God. That my make more of his sons available on the face of the earth. Did I communicate to you tonight? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.